Does anyone know what that is? Game of Thrones. So when I was talking to um, one of the girls in playgroup that comes to church, um, Emily, I'm not too sure if you knew her, know her, she's a big Game of Thrones fan like myself and we had many discussions about the end of the season and how it ended and how we did not like it, but that's a different story. But she asked me if she would like to me to be walked in with her bringing the bell going, shame, shame, shame. Has anyone seen her or am I just talking to myself? There's a few people that know. Okay. So long story short, Cersei Lannister is the queen mother and because she wants to try and get her kingdom back, she asks a priest to come into King's Landing and set up his religion again. So he takes this and he goes, all right, that's awesome. I can do that, but you have to atone for your sins. And the way that she atones for her sins, I can't play it because it's quite, you know, M-rated. But she does this walk of atonement from the... um, from the church with the high sparrows all the way the, through the streets of King's Landing until she gets to her, um, to her castle where she is okay. And that was how she had to atone for her sins. Now, her sins were pretty bad, what she had done. She had killed, lied. There was um, relationships with her brother and that kind of stuff. So she really, she was atoning for her sins. And that's all I could think about when I got put on atonement. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Cersei Lannister. But that's all right. I thought I'm going to play that. I'm going to get it out of my head and we're going to move on from that. I called out the elephant in the room. If you went to GLS, you will know what I'm talking about. I'm calling out the elephant in the room for me. Because I couldn't believe that we actually had to do atonement. I couldn't believe that we'd actually had to look at it. it I, found my, I found myself going, why are we saying this? Why are we having to look at atonement? Doesn't everyone know about atonement? Doesn't everyone believe about atonement? Because when I grew up, even though I wasn't a Christian, I still believed in the Christmas story. I still believed that Jesus came and he was in the manger and, you know, the animals were all around him and it was very cute. And then the three wise men came, which later I found out that it wasn't the next day. It was like three or four years later. I did not know that. Blew my mind. And I believed in the Easter story. I believed that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for us and the Easter bunny was somehow related and I got chocolate Easter eggs. But then it came a time where I got a little bit older and my life was absolutely shattered. I remember the day today, I could take you back right there, when I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real. She already knows. It's all right. It's coming up. <laughs> it's all right. I made sure. Um, my daughter's in the order back there. She, um, and I found out that Easter Bunny wasn't real, and I found out that the Tooth Fairy wasn't real. But do you know what? I didn't actually question if the Christmas story of the Easter story was actually real or not. I just kind of took it. And then same thing happened. We were driving home from basketball a few months ago and Grace and I were having a discussion because it was just me and her in the car and usually we like to have, you know, kind of discussions in the car. It's a good time for me and her to talk about stuff. And I knew that the Christmas time would be coming up at school and they would start to look at... um, Jesus being born and I know around that time kids in the class start talking about Santa Claus and how some believe and some don't and I usually got the questions and last year I was able to get her over the line yeah Santa's gonna come and bring you questions bring him presents 
but I thought it was about time that I would tell her that Santa wasn't real. So we did that question, like that, that, and we um, talked about that, and I let her know that Santa wasn't real, the tooth fairy wasn't real, Easter Bunny wasn't real. But do you know what? Like me, she actually didn't question if God was real. And it wasn't until really recently that I actually found out that people can discern different stuff from the Bible. I did not realize that. I did not realize that the passages right here in this Bible that had been written by the help of, um, you know, prophets and that, but God's worth that people could actually discern different things from the Bible. And it all came to a head last year where we found out that at the assembly that two people, two different groups had discerned two different things from the exact same uh, passage of scripture. And that blew my mind, really blew my mind. How can we actually have this and how can people discern different things from the Bible? And it wasn't until I was talking to Barry about it that I didn't know that people didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I did not believe that. Who watches the Kardashians? Anyone? It's like a me again. It's a me trashy thing. I only watch trashy. I really only watch trashy things because I don't have to like pay attention. It's like I can just. But the Kardashians say when they're telling the absolute truth, they are telling, they're saying Bible. They say Bible. That's how they know that they're not mucking around or pulling a prank on each other. They say Bible. And that's what I thought it was. I thought the death and resurrection of Jesus was Bible. That was my Bible. It was my absolute, you know, I didn't doubt it at all. But then when I was looking up, I found a 2017 British study that was done around Easter time. And did you know that one in four Christians in the United Kingdom don't believe in the resurrection in Christ? One in four. But in saying that, 9% of people that actually find themselves and, and say they are non-Christian, they have no non-Christian belief, actually believe in the death and resurrection of Christ. And I couldn't understand that if we don't believe in the resurrection, how can we actually call ourselves Christian? Because that's the exact thing that we base our whole faith on. That Jesus came and he died He rose again and he gave us new life. And it's that atonement of those sins for our sins that we, we, you know, we base everything on. The passage in Hebrews, it's quite long and I actually really, really love the whole passage. I actually said to Barry, the whole passage is amazing. But I'm going to read Hebrews 9, 19 to 28 and we're going to look at that. So if you want to... You can get your phones out. I won't blame you. That's all right. For after Moses has read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of the God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and the scarlet wool. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with the blood. Just going to say, that's going to be really messy to clean up. There's blood everywhere. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. 
That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which was copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the animal blood of animals. But the real thing is in heaven. But sorry, but the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifice than the blood of animals. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made by humans' hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth who entered the most holy place year after year with the blood of animals. It has been necessary. It had, if that had been necessary, Christ would have had died again and again, ever since the world began. But now, once for all, he has appeared at the end of ages to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. So also Christ was offered once for all times as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who eagerly are waiting for him. Ever since the fall of Abraham, not Abraham, sorry, the fall of Adam and Eve, there has been sin in this world. Since the time they took the fruit and they sinned against God, there has been sin. And God and then there's a whole heap of stuff that goes through. And God gives the Israelites as they come out of um, Egypt and he gives them the commandments and he gives them the way that they can atone for their sins because they were doing bad things. They were worshipping other gods. They were performing other rituals. And for years and years they did this. And God gave them this whole you know, cleansing for blood to be shed was the only way that relationship could be happening with God. And they weren't going to go sacrifice their firstborn child. They were going to sacrifice their first live animal or the best of the best. And through that sacrifice, they were able to come into a relationship with God. They were able to enter into God's holy place, into that tabernacle. And they were able to commune with God. But I don't know why, I don't know why I really don't know why. I find it very hard to get my head around it sometimes. The Israelites saw all of God's power. They saw the parting of the Red Sea. They saw the cloud coming down and having this presence over them. They saw the, um, the, the fire that was burning at night to keep give them light. And he, they saw the cloud that was moving off into the dark or into the, when there were time to pick up their camp and to move on. But yet they still sinned. Moses would go up the, go up the mount to speak to God and, and do what he was doing up there and that would be amazing. And they would sin again. They would build gold statues and they would worship them and go, well, we can't see this God right now, so we're going to worship this God. And they kept sinning and they kept sinning. But he kept forgiving them every time because he wanted to be in that relationship with them. He loved them so much that he would take them out of with Pharaoh and the, the atrocities. You get what I mean? Atrocities. That's it. I got it. Out. 
that was happening to them as God's people. And he took them out of Egypt and he led them through the Red Sea. And he was going to give them the promised land and they were going into the promised land. But they kept sinning. And for the life of me, I can't understand how if I saw all of God working all around, how I could turn my back on him. And do you know what? They kept performing these um, sacrifices and these rituals that God had instructed Moses that they were to do. But they would keep sinning and then they would perform the sacrifices that Moses had instructed them to do. And then they would sin and then they would perform the sacrifices that Moses was to do. And then they would sin and it was this constant, constant battle and a constant thing that would continue to happen. And then prophet, the prophet Isaiah, he said that, I haven't got the passage, but he said, God is sick of it. You keep sinning and you keep thinking, doing these rituals, and these rituals have no meaning to you anymore. It's just a practice that you do. It's like a celebration that has to happen once a year. It has no meaning to you. And he said that God would send someone. God would send someone that would be the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. He would shed his blood so we could return into a relationship with him. You know, when I was going through this everything and I was reading, reading so much because I wanted to get my head around how people couldn't believe in the atonement, how people couldn't believe that God had died on the, not God, Jesus had died on the cross for us. And I read all these stuff with research and the, the studies that were done and I watched a whole heap of um, speeches that N.T. Wright, Dr. N.T. Wright, he's a, oh, Anglican minister in the United Kingdom and I he would go to um, he would go to colleges and speak and I was reading you know listening to two hour sermons that he was doing and my head was so full and Barry came into my office and he said how how are you going and I'm like my head is so full I don't understand how people can't believe in the atonement but everything that I've heard from everything I was reading it was just so full and he said Keep it simple. And there was one video that was super, super simple. And it was the Bible Project. So I thought I would play it for you today. Here it is.
what really stuck with me in that is God wanted to, if God wanted to remove all of evil, then he would have to remove us. Because the evil is in us, not evil, but sin. But he didn't want that. He wanted to be in a relationship with us. He created this whole world for us. And it's only through his death and his resurrection that we can do that. Paul says in a letter to the Corinthians in um, 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is our faith. Our faith is exactly what is based. Sorry, the resurrection of Christ is what our faith is always about. He would take that on the cross for us, that ultimate sacrifice. His blood was shed so we could be in relationship with him. He died for me. He died for you. And through the taking of the bread and the wine, we get to recreate that every month. It becomes a new meaning to us again. Sometimes it's really hard to not see that all the time. You know, it's easy to go along with your daily life and your daily stuff that everything happens. And I know that my life's so busy and I get to forget about it sometimes. But we are so lucky that he gave that commandment, that we can have that and remember his sacrifice for us. I'd like to pray now for us. And do you know what? We've heard, most of us have heard all this story, you know, the death of... Christ and raised again. We do it every Easter. It's a thing we do in the church. It's our story. It's what we believe. But maybe something's touched your heart a little bit differently tonight. And as the band come up and Ben starts to play, I'm going to ask you guys to stand and we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to put your hand on your heart if you want to experience God's love again. Maybe there might be times that you're just thinking and you just, you know, you haven't felt it for a while. There might be things that is going on in your life that has distracted you from the true meaning of what our, what our Christian belief is. And we're going to pray that God comes into our heart again that we have a daily remembrance of what he did for us on the cross. And if you've never asked God to come into your life before, or maybe you did a really long time ago, but it's kind of lost the meaning and you want to reconnect, I'm going to ask you to put your hands out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that what you did for us, Lord, You sat and you watched as your son hung on that cross. You sat and you watched as he cried out, calling for you. Your heart broke. But Lord, we know that through that sacrifice, through that death and through that blood being shed, that we can have a relationship with you. 
Lord, we ask you to come into our hearts tonight and to fill us with your presence. Lord, we want to be in relationship with you. We want to hear from you. We want to feel you. Lord, we ask that that will happen. We know that the atonement of what you did on the cross was not a, a thing to be passed over. It's not a thing to be forgotten. It's not a thing to look over, Lord. It's our basis of our belief. It's our basis of our relationship with you. And Lord, we ask you to remind us that on a daily, daily times, Lord. And Lord, we ask the people that are raising their hand tonight, Lord, we ask you to come into their life. We ask them to you to fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask to you that they, you will just make them burn for you. Because we know that what you did has everything, every meaning to us, Lord. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.